Welcome to Think Bible, the podcast that exists to challenge, edify, and encourage Christian women to think and live biblically, all for the glory of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Smith. Welcome back to the Think Bible podcast. We exist to challenge, edify, and encourage Christian women to think and live biblically, all for the glory of God. And today, our guest is once again Kim Shaddy, my friend and biblical counselor from the Indianapolis area. Welcome, Kim. Thanks, Stephanie. I appreciate being back back with you. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So, um... Kim and I are doing kind of a two-part conversation. We started last week with reviewing the um, the reasons, the principles behind biblical counseling. Um, maybe, Kim, why don't you give us a little introduction, just review and refresh our memories about what you do. Okay. Well, I am a biblical counselor, which is a little bit different than what um, normally people would say, a Christian counselor and so forth. Um, biblical counseling is basically it's it's Bible based and Christ centered. Um, mm-hmm. All of my counsel will come from God's word. Um, it's not um, integrated with psychology or psychiatry in any way. Um, we don't use other therapies. Um, my the people that I meet with are counselees, not mm-hmm. um, clients or patients. Um, We're all in need of God's word. And so my job is to help people look into and dive deeper into God's word, find the answers um, for whatever problems they are dealing with at the time. Amen. That's great. Um, And while Kim specializes in that and spends much of her time counseling with people in her office through her church, really biblically, All of us are um, challenged and admonished to counsel one another. That's part of our Christian walk. It's part of being a member of the body of Christ and the member of the church. So in scripture, we're given several commands um, about how to treat one another. And that's all part of this counseling, this encouragement that we give to one another. Um, Why don't we just briefly run through those? We did talk about them last week, so we'll just review. Okay. So we have love one another. That right there is a lifetime challenge, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, amen. (laughs) Love other people. (laughs) Uh, To exhort, to consider, to edify, to comfort, to serve, to admonish, and then to bear one another's burdens. Um, And that really, if we could focus our time and our energy on fulfilling those commands, one, we'd stay out of a lot of trouble ourselves, (laughs) (laughs) but two, it would be a lifetime's work and, and a true accomplishment because that's really walking in the footsteps of Jesus. That's living as he lived. So very true. True. And I think the only thing I would add to that is that, you know, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to um, do these things and love one another and all the one another in verses. Um, It's only through his grace and and 
and his power. That's exactly right. And I'm glad you said that and pointed that out because if we try to do that on our own, we will fail miserably. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so that's easy to do when it's, you know, when you're talking about your best friend, someone that you love, someone that you're close to. Um, but how do we get involved in other people's lives? Like you don't just walk up to someone let's say at the grocery store, when you see their child throwing a temper tantrum and say, you need some serious help. <laughs> you know, you just can't do that. <laughs> and if you do, it's not going to be received. So what are some ways we can get involved with other people? Gracefully. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, ab- absolutely. I think we all at some point would love to be able to do that though, gracefully. <laughs> I just don't know of a good way to do that. Right. Um, But, you know, being observant is one of the keys is, um, you know, just observing other people and being friendly to others, Um, you know, just even at church, you know, when we have visitors come in or even, you know, congregational members that we see, um, we can see an obvious difference if somebody's struggling or just looking a little bit, you know, downtrodden that day or, um, you know, their countenance is a little bit different. So just being observant and being friendly, you know, and not avoiding people when they look that way. But, you know, mm-hmm. that, that those are the people we should make it a point to um, go converse with and have a conversation, um, you know, ask questions, ask, you know, open-ended questions, not yes or no's, but, you know, um, how are you doing today? Um, is there anything I can pray for you about? Um, you know, sometimes it's just that will open a door. And, you know, to just sit and listen, um, you know, or I can see you're, you know, struggling with one of your kids today. I've been there. I know it, it is hard and just know I'm praying for you. And, you know, if you need someone to talk to about it, I'd be happy to, you know, talk with you. And maybe that will just kind of open doors. Yeah, that's great. Um, I know that in years past, I, I did some seminars with a lady named Dr. Nell Collins, who also is there in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, and her ministry was called Hope in Crisis. So it was all about counseling people who are going through difficult things and pointing them back to God. But one thing she encouraged us to do is write down prayer requests when you hear them at church or just in talking, but then send a card to that person you're praying for and just open up yourself to be available. You know, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking of you. If I can help you, I would love to. And sometimes they will respond and ask for your help. So, Absolutely. And that's our open door, but yeah. Yeah. Good. If they don't, okay. we can't, we can't kick down the door. <laughs> no, certainly not. They have to want to talk with someone. Yes. Yes. encouragement and help so yeah um I'm cheating a little bit so I have Kim's notes here in front of me too to help but one of the points here you say that I think is really vital is don't assume salvation tell me what you mean by that yeah so I've often asked you know how do we bring up the topic of salvation um with others and you know I do say you know it is easy to assume sometimes, um, you know, maybe you've known this person for a long time. Maybe they've been in the church for a long time and uh, we just assume that they're saved. Um, 
or sometimes we'll meet somebody and we assume that they're not saved just by their appearance or the way they're talking or their actions. Um, so I don't think we can ever really make that assumption safely. Um, right. And so, you know, I think one of the best ways to bring it up for me that I have seen, especially in the counseling office, um, but it has worked in other places as well, is just, you know, when someone's talking to you and kind of sharing their struggle and what's going on. And, you know, as with all of us, when we have a problem, we become very consumed with it. And it seems like that is the only thing we can see and the only thing we are focused on. And so, you know, when they're done sharing, you know, I'll say something like, you know, that that's awful. I'm really sorry you're going through that. And that seems very overwhelming. Um, but, you know, as big as that problem is, it, it it's not your biggest problem, you know, and we share the same big problem in that we were sinners on our way to hell. And God solved that problem for us. And, you know, the Bible promises that if he did not withhold even his own son from dying on the cross for us, then he will not withhold anything else. So whatever this problem is, I know that God has the answers and he's going to give you everything you need. But that kind of opens the door because then you can move into, you know, do you know, do you know God? Is he, you know, is Christ your savior? Um, and we can start asking them about their relationship with the Lord. Um, yeah. I found it's never wise to ask somebody if they're saved or if they're a Christian because those words are very subjective um, and people have different ideas of what that means. And so I tend to ask about their relationship with the Lord. What is it like? You know, mm -hmm. do you spend time with them? Yeah. Um, I ask, you know, if they um, what do they know and believe about God, you know, thinking about your problem what does god say about this what do you know about him that he that you know he's going to help you through this um you know or about you know who christ is to them who who is he to you personally um and so those are some good ways to kind of open that door up a little bit yeah that's a great principle i love that idea of asking open-ended questions um, that applies to parenting a lot <laughs> Amen. <laughs> if you ask your kids yes or no questions, I mean, you may have, a, especially daughters tend to open up and share freely, but if you have a son that's kind of quiet <laughs> and you say, how was your day? And he says, good or fine. And that might be all yep. you get. <laughs> yes. But asking those open-ended questions to just get to the heart and the root of what's going on inside. That's really a good principle. Yes. Um, and then what are some other things, you know, we want to find out where they are kind of in their spiritual walk. So we want to check on their prayer life. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes when we have a problem or going through a trial, it seems so heavy and so big that we, we actually forget to pray about it. <laughs> um, and so asking them if they're praying and how they're praying might open up opportunities to counsel them on a better opportunity or better way to pray. Very true. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times people will, you know, I, I'll encourage others and friends, you know, who come to me and say, Hey, I've got this friend who really needs some counsel. And I said, you know, well, you know, what have you done to help them? Well, I just, I send them to you. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, you know, the thing is, I think what we tend to forget, you know, we just think somebody's got a problem and, you know, they need some counsel over it. But, you know, most of the time people just need encouragement and just following the fundamentals of Christianity. Um, You know, sometimes, again, our problems seem so big and we forget those fundamentals, such things as prayer, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and just asking someone, hey, how are you praying about this problem? You know, how is the Lord answering your your prayers? Do you feel like he's answering your prayers? Um, You know, or how can I, you know, pray for you about this situation? What are the needs? Um, But I think, again, it goes back to the same with salvation. We can't just assume that people are praying or that they know how to pray. Um, You know, sometimes it's just, well, I always ask the Lord to help me. I just, you know, I cry, Lord, help me, help me, help me. And so I introduced that concept of praying the Lord's will for them um, and um, that their heart would be changed or for that God would change, change them through this problem, um, you know, and strengthen and give them wisdom. Um, And so just teaching them how to pray for things. Sometimes people don't know what to pray. And so an objective third party, you know, can help them do that. And, um, but then more importantly also is praying with them. Um, you know, I, I have been known to, when somebody tells me something at church, you know, and they'll say, Hey, will you pray for me? I'll say, you know what, let's go right over here and sit down and I'll pray with them right there. I want them to hear them praying, you know, hear me praying for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of modeling that prayer as well, but so that they know I'm sincere. A lot of times people will say, oh, I'll pray for you. And, you know, we don't really know if they really are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want people to know that I really am. And um, so in a lot of ways I do that, I'll pray scripture. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's a really great um, model to go after is just, you know, when I pray for strength for them, I I pray that they will realize God's strength that he has already given them, um, you know, and so forth. So prayer is definitely one of those fundamentals that I think we can help anybody, you know, just encourage them with more. That's tremendous. Um, One of the things that I tell people, and I understand God is greater than I could ever imagine. And so he has many purposes and plans that he's working out simultaneously. But a lot of people say, why? Why is this happening? Why? I don't understand why God would do this to me. And sometimes I say, you know, maybe he just wanted you to get closer to him. Maybe he was hoping you would rely on him instead of living so freely and independently. (laughs) And increasing our prayer time is part of that. So, Very true. Yeah. Okay. So spiritual disciplines. There's prayer. Next, um, Bible reading. Getting into the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think, and that's something that, you know, I will often ask, hey, what are you reading right now in your Bible? Um, you know, what what hope and what help are you finding from God's word right now? And mm-hmm. a lot of times that will just open the door instead of, are you reading? You know, mm-hmm. I ask, what are you reading? Um, yeah. Because that kind of puts the accountability back on them. Oh, well, maybe I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not. Um, So we can kind of help, you know, direct them in where to go, you know, what to read, Um, you know, maybe offering some suggestions of, 
you know, a plan to read their Bible or a book that's going to help them read their Bible um, mm-hmm. or even just a word or a topic study. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. that's helpful as well. But, you know, in all of it, we definitely need to stress the importance of Bible reading um, to build mm-hmm. their relationship with God. And this is how we know, you know, we get to know God better. And this is what builds our trust even more. Um, yeah. And standing on his promises and not you know, our own wisdom. Yeah. I think it's important that people understand how powerful and living God's word is. Sometimes when you're in the middle of a really hard thing, you can't spend hours of Bible study and maybe you don't have the time, but sometimes you just don't have the mental stamina to do something that heavy, but that's okay because God's word is so powerful. (laughs) One verse you know, one five minute section of time, God will use those things. They add up, they build up. And so don't give it up entirely just because you're in the middle of something hard. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's when we have to kind of persevere and, you know, move through our feelings of how Mm -hmm. we're feeling right now. And just, Mm -hmm. even if it's just one verse that, Mm -hmm. you know, you can be encouraged by for the day. Um, you know, we'll start small if we need to, and that's okay. But just emphasizing the importance of that discipline, of putting that discipline in their life, of opening up their Bible every day. Um, Another thing that's hard to do in the midst of a difficult trial is stay faithful in church. You know, maybe our bodies are weary, maybe it's an illness. Maybe we're afraid of what people are going to say or think about us. And, and I've fallen prey to this as well. I don't often want to go out when I'm overwhelmed with other things. Thankfully, I have a faithful husband who says, yes, we're going to church. <laughs> it's really not a question. <clears throat> and I'm always glad that I have gone when it's said and done. But it's hard to make it yourself. So, um how can we encourage? What can we say to them? So, yeah, that's another one of the fundamentals that I think anybody, any Christian can help another, you know, mm-hmm. Christian or, um, person to uh, be faithful in is that church attendance just by, you know, continuing to invite them, not nagging them, right. but just invite them, you know, maybe entice them with, hey, you know, I'd love for you to come sit with me and my family. Um, maybe we can go to lunch afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or invite them to special events and activities, um, especially if they're new or they haven't been in the church for a while, um, yeah. you know, introduce them to other people and, and just kind of get them excited. But this is, you know, church is a very important part of our spiritual growth and mm-hmm. um, we need it. And, you know, a lot of times I will hear this. I just I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And I always counteract that with. You know, we have time for all the things we want to do. Really, when we say I don't have time, it really means you're not making it a priority. And, you know, church should be a priority. And I'm with you, Stephanie. Like, there are times, you know, I think we all have that, especially winter months coming up. Like, when it's cold outside, I just don't want to go. But I am very blessed every time I go. And I'm like, see, I would have missed that. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. And I'm always so glad after I've gone. So, yes. And really, 
you know, it's not always about me. <laughs> Maybe I need to be there to encourage someone else and Very true. help someone else. All right. Well, then we've got just this list of things to help them point, point them toward, help them focus on. Mm-hmm. Let's just have you talk through those a little bit. Yeah. So first and foremost is always pointing them back to scripture. Um, that's what biblical counseling is all about. And, you know, the Holy Spirit uses scripture to bring about change. And so, um, you know, by reading and being engrossed and engaged in God's living word, it helps them see their responsibilities, um, kind of evaluate motives and purposes and conviction of sins, um, you know, helping them to understand their choices and their responses, um, you know, and does it line up with scripture? And that's really what the heart of my counseling is, is, you know, things that are going on, does it align with what God's word says? Um, I also like to point them to God's attributes. You know, we focus a lot on his holiness and his sovereignty um, probably his sovereignty is the one I talk most about because, you know, I don't know, women just seem to struggle with control. <laughs> and so, um, you know, always going back to God's sovereignty, God's control over things um, and his love and his power and his wisdom, you know, all those things about God. Um, I think so many come in with misconceptions about who he is. And um, so, you know, focusing on God's attributes is is a great way to kind of get them engaged um, and then focusing on their identity of who they are in Christ. Um, I think that's very important. I often will go over Ephesians 1 and 2, um, Psalm 139, you know, and talk about how they're made in the image of God um, and that God makes no mistakes and we forget who we are in Christ. And sometimes we have to be reminded of that. Um So that's also a very important aspect to just, you know, and I think a good way to do that is to share with people, you know, what, what the Lord has taught you, what Mm -hmm. he has shown you from his word, Mm -hmm. Um, not making it all about you, but not making about them either, where we feel like we're coming down on them and saying, you know, you need this rather, this is what God did for me. And my life is so much better because of it. Um, sharing from that aspect and then just also just that accountability keeping people accountable checking in with them Um, don't just have a conversation and say hey I'll pray for you and walk away and never revisit it like go back you know there could be more there that needs to be done Um, you know and just keep checking in I like that that all of that it just sums up so much of what what we need (laughs) in our lives as Christians and accountability I think is important not just for those who are in the midst of counseling or going through a hard thing it's important for everybody every Christian needs accountability and um, years ago my husband and I were accountability partners with a husband and wife good friends and once a week, we would meet and talk through some things that we each were working on. Um, but we had a list of questions that we asked each other. And at the very last question each time was, did you just lie to me? <laughs> 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 so we knew I love that. We, that. 
we would be checked on that um, because it's easy, especially if they're asking one-word questions. Did you read your Bible this week? Well, it's easy to say yes. You know, maybe you cracked it open and read two words, but <laughs> but that's not accurate, you know. <laughs> so good. That for is very kid. true. I, I do have a lot of people who, you know, know the right things to say, you know, and will give me all the right answers and I will ask them. Are you saying that because you think that's what I want to hear? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Well, I know personally, um, when it when I was taught the principle that all of us need to be counseling one another, and that I had responsibility as well as the power of the Holy Spirit to help me do that, um, my biggest hurdle to overcome was thinking, I don't know what scripture to point people to. And so if they tell me they're struggling with lying, I don't know, where's the verse about lying? I don't know where to find that. (laughs) I was worried about that specific part of the counseling. Um, Part of, you know, some of dealing with that is just time. It takes time to know your, your scriptures well. And as you study it faithfully, it comes. But Also, it's not that we have to have a specific verse for every single instance. It's that we need to understand the principles of God's word and things like you were talking about God's attributes and our identity in Christ. Some of those bigger, broader principles address a lot of different issues. Um, So do you have kind of some go-to scriptures that you would use in a multitude of situations that might just help our listeners get pointed in the right direction. Yes, absolutely. Um, I too was in the same boat, Stephanie, and just uh, go, you know, I, I need to do more study because I need to have something ready. And um, so, yeah, there are certain ones. And yeah, I think we can cover a lot of things. You can't always um, point people to the exact details of their life in scripture. And so, you know, going to those broader based things. Um, But, you know, I would always say this, you know, don't just hand them a verse or, Mm -hmm. you know, read a verse to them. Um, You know, have an explanation, help them to understand how this, how this applies to them and how, um, you know, God wrote this for their specific situation. Um, So for example, like Romans 8.32, it's one of my favorite verses that I start with. Mm -hmm. And we kind of talked about it with, you know, salvation um, and that, you know, he spared not his his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You know, and so this is where, you know, I kind of talk about, you know, God solved our greatest problem. He sent his son to die for Mm -hmm. us. And if he is taking care of that, then he's going to take care of all of our smaller, and I use in quotations, problems. Sure. Um, you know, he's, he's not going to leave us without answers. Um, so that's a great verse to go to. Um, another one that I use typically in my very first session with most people is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people know that verse, but, you know, talking about that there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. Um, you're not alone. I think that's the problem yeah. with so many people. Their problems make them feel very isolated and feel mm-hmm. like they're the only one who's going through this or who's ever gone through it. And it, that's just not true, according to God's word. Um, and this verse tells us that. 
but it's that next phrase that I focus in on, but God is faithful. Mm -hmm. Um, He has not left us alone. He's walking with us through this trial, through this test, Mm -hmm. um, through this tragedy or crisis. Um, And he's going to be with us through it. It doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to remove it from us or that he's going to make, you know, a way that we don't have to endure. He's going to walk with us through our trial and give us the way through it with him by our side. And so I think that's something that we need to, you know, constantly remember. Um, You know, a good verse that I use a lot of times for hope is um, Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. Um, For we have done a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And, you know, I will explain that I don't know everything that somebody's going through. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I've not been through what, you know, you're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know all the emotions um, and needs that are attached to this, but Christ does. Um, And it says, though, that he understands because he was um, has been through it in some form or fashion and in greater consequence than we have. Um, and because of that, he tells us to come boldly, confidently to the throne of grace. And that means praying, going to God, um, and finding that mercy and that grace that we need in, you know, at our time of need. And um, so this first points people of where to go. And that's what I always say. I may not have all the answers. In fact, I'm pretty sure I won't. But <laughs> I know that God does. That and God does. that's what he's calling you to do. Come to me. Yeah. Um, and so I love to use that verse um, and share that with others. Mm-hmm. Um, Romans okay. eight twenty eight is another verse that I think we yeah. have to be careful with. <laughs> Um, I That's love this verse. Counselor's favorite, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much truth and goodness and hope in this verse, yeah. but I think it's used a lot of times at the wrong time. And, right. you know, mm-hmm. sometimes we have to sit and weep with those who weep rather than try to pull them out of their sorrow. And I think that this verse is used a lot of times to pull people out of their sorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, <laughs> In consequence, it actually does the opposite and it frustrates people, you know, because they're struggling and they're like, there is no good in this. (laughs) And at the moment, there isn't to them. And so let's just weep with them right now and sit with them. And there will be an opportunity that we can use this verse to be an encouragement. And that's what it should be is an encouragement, um, not a rebuke. And I think sometimes it's used that way. Yeah, good. That's good thoughts. Yeah. Because that's the last thing we want to do is push people away from the Lord. Right. <laughs> Especially Absolutely. when they're in a hard, hard time. Mm. Exactly. Um, I could go on with a whole yeah. bunch of other verses, but let me just share one more with you because yes. I have used this one quite frequently lately. Um, there is a lot of misconception out there about forgiveness. And um, here of late, I've been writing several articles on forgiveness. But 
first John one nine, I think is a great mm -hmm. verse that, um, you know, most times in counseling, we deal somewhere along the lines with forgiveness, whether it's forgiveness mm -hmm. of their sin or trying to forgive somebody else. Um, and I think this is a great principle that we have to remember that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to mm -hmm. cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. And so it helps us to um, know our responsibility of confessing um, and then God's forgiveness that he doesn't withhold that forgiveness. There's no um, exceptions in this mm -hmm. verse. There's no conditions for that condition, for that forgiveness, yeah. um, except for our confession. And that just means an agreement. I agree with what I've done. Like I agree with the charges brought against me. That's what confession is. Yeah. Um, and so going to God, knowing that our sins will be forgiven. Mm -hmm. And I think this verse is very important because so many people say, well, I, you know, I confessed them, but I just don't, I don't feel like God forgave me. <laughs> It's not about a feeling. It's it's yeah. about knowing and believing. This verse is true. Um, whether you feel like it or not, <laughs> this verse is true. Yeah. So. I love that. I think faithfulness, God's faithfulness is probably my favorite attribute to dwell on and meditate on. Um because I know how very unfaithful I can be and have been mm -hmm. uh, to him. And he's faithful to stay with us through the hard things. He's faithful to forgive us. He's faithful to keep his promises. And that makes the future and eternity so much more exciting. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. I know what's coming. I know what the end of the story is because he's told us in his word and he's always faithful to do what he says. That's such a blessing. Well, in closing, I want to just go cover sort of the goals of biblical counseling. And maybe that's something you would have talked about at the very beginning, but I think it's good at the end to just sort of wrap us up and remind us What's this all about? What's the whole purpose? And why does every single believer need it in their lives? Agreed. You know, I know that, you know, I sit in an office and talk to ladies one-on-one -on -one all the time. And I do look for certain things um, for uh, an ending goal for counseling. Um, yeah. But I think these also can be applied to even just casual situations that we have. But for me, I know one thing. I it is not a goal of mine for somebody to be in counseling for a long time. Um, I don't think it should be at all. And I think we should, you know, my goal is to point them to Christ, um, to help them learn what is Christ like? How can I be like Christ? Um, what are things I have to change in my life? And that way they have the tools for later on um, so that they don't have to keep coming back to me and going, what's the answer? What do I do? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. you know, one of the goals is, is not just to be Christ-like, but to be practicing it, to be living it, um, mm -hmm. you know, to be implementing it in their life. Um, of course, my goal, you know, one of the goals is to resolve problems. I mean, we want to, you know, help resolve some issues. Some things are not, um, able to be resolved and mm -hmm. that's okay as well. This is where trust and faith comes in. 
Um, but, you know, giving them some practical things as well to help them kind of resolve those things. Yeah. Um, identifying unbiblical responses and habits and replacing them with biblical mm -hmm. responses and good habits. Yeah. Um, that's definitely one of the goals. Um, you know, I think most importantly, though, is really about deepening their relationship with the Lord. Um, they need the Lord. You know, just like we tell our kids, we may not always be around, but God will. And, mm -hmm. you know, I will tell my counselees that as well. Look, mm -hmm. I may not always be available, but God always is. And so, you know, the closer you draw to him, um, the more you learn to go to him, the less dependent you are on me. I don't want anybody dependent on me. Um, I want them dependent on the Lord as the way he has created us. <laughs> so, you know, helping them build that loving and trusting relationship with the Lord is super important. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and also, I guess uh, the last thing I would say is, you know, hope. I know we discussed that a lot in the first session and, um, you know, hope restored. So mm -hmm. many people are walking around so very hopeless. And, you know, sad to say, a lot of Christians are walking around hopelessly and it mm -hmm. shouldn't be like that. And so just constantly pointing them back yeah. to the Lord and keeping that eternal perspective of God yeah. is coming back. Yeah. This is not all there is. <laughs> yes. The best is yet to come, so. Okay. And just this week, I was introduced <clears throat> through an article to the concept of, I can't remember what they called it, but it's basically living in an alternate reality <clears throat> through technology and computers. And, um, and, and already, secular psychologists were recognizing this as a very dangerous thing because... Because if a person feels that they have no hope or no purpose in their own life, then they will create an alternate life for themselves. And, and that's not mentally healthy. <laughs> um, but this is the answer. It is knowing God through his word, through being under the preaching of his word, through studying it for yourself. Um, so that's learning of him. It's growing in your walk with him and it's changing who you are at your core because you're more like him and that's his goal for us <laughs> and that's where the hope lies is that um, we can walk with him we can know for sure our, our eternity is secure with him and we can please him that's the ultimate purpose in life um, I love this um, it's all very I just love hope. It's so encouraging. <laughs> Amen. It's essential. It's essential. That's exactly right. It is essential. Well, Kim, I thank you so much for your time. Um, um, I'm so happy to be here just to be able to share um, with others about biblical counseling. I think there are so many misconceptions and hopefully we've dispelled some of that. Amen. Amen. So listeners, let me just encourage you to be faithful in your study of the word, to be faithful in the church and in reaching out to others who may need some encouragement and some help along the way. But also, if you are one who feels you need help, don't be afraid to reach out. 
it's not um, something of shame. It's not a embarrassing thing. It's, it's reality and it's part of being human. And there are those like Kim and those in your church that are here to help you. So reach out for that help. Don't wait. It's okay. <laughs> yes. Very good. Well, thank you, Kim. Why don't we close our time with prayer? Would you be willing to lead us in prayer? Absolutely. Thank you. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord. And I thank you for each and every lady who listens to this podcast, Lord, and to all the others to follow. Um, Lord, I just thank you for this ministry, for Think Bible, and for Stephanie, and that she's had the um, wherewithal, Lord, to follow your leading in um, developing this ministry. And as it continues to grow, Lord, we pray that it will be an encouragement to so many ladies um, around the world, even, Lord, that um, just need to um, be encouraged in their spiritual walk with you, Lord. Um, I thank you that we have this outlet. And um, Lord, I do pray for those who are struggling right now, Lord, with things that um, may seem more than they can handle and more difficult than they've ever faced before in their life, Lord. I do pray that um, that they will reach out, Lord, and seek help that they need, Lord. Um, it is never good to suffer in silence or when there are so many people who are willing to be a help um, and encouragement to others, Lord. And I pray that they will um, seek you and seek your leading in finding the counsel that they need in their life, Lord. And we just thank you for our time together. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Think Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Smith. Please visit us at our website, www.thinkbible.online, to learn more about our ministry or to take advantage of the resources we have there for you. That's www.thinkbible.online. You can also find us at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the name Think Bible. Until next time, let's all think and live biblically for the glory of God.